a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And welcome to a new episode of Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Alice W. Castle, and I'm ho- your host for this very, very special episode because there's a new trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi. This episode is going to be all trailer, all the time. And to talk about this amazing trailer, I am joined by the one and only Brian Salvatore. How are you doing, Brian? Good, Alice. It's, uh, it's nice to be joined on the podcast with somebody who I don't have to lead with questions the way I had to lead my daughter last month. Yeah. So I'm glad to have a conversation that isn't just me, like, asking you questions about Star Wars. Just the, the like, tr- drawing any kind of blood from the from the conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, because uh, last episode, uh, it's been a while since I've actually been on, because uh, last month we did your minisode with your daughter introducing her into star wars which is which is pretty cool yeah 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 that was a lot of fun uh she's she's like full-on obsessed now she wants a porg oh yes D- doesn't everyone especially after this trailer. i think so yeah yeah <laughs> that that one shot with the the porg and chewbacca we're, we're skipping ahead but i think that is like the one that like cinched this whole trailer for people i saw some people talking about how uh like if the porg dies they're leaving the movie theater <laughs> they're walking out oh 100 oh like yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm entirely on board that train. It's like the porg is the new like if the dog dies, like I'm yep, I'm exactly. gone. I'm out of there. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so uh this is the first official trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi. I think what we got last time was a teaser at celebration, is what they classified it as. So uh Yes. What did you think of this trailer before we before we start breaking down the nitty gray? Well, I have to say this. I was hyped for this movie, like, from jump, because Ryan Johnson is one of my favorite directors. I, You know, we've talked about my enjoyment of The Force Awakens. I was ready for this trailer to be everything I wanted it to be. And it is, I thought it was great, but it also was so surprising. There yeah. were a lot of moments that really felt unexpected. And I'm fully aware, and we'll get into this later, too, that some of this might be misdirection. Oh, one hundred percent. But every, the emotions that I felt while watching it were not at all what I expected. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a very great. different uh, kind of tone piece compared to even the trailer we saw, or the teaser, I should say, that celebration, which felt very uh, like meta in a way that, like, like it felt like the dialogue they used from Luke, the breathe, just breathe, was almost aimed at the audience. Of the breathe, right. calm down. This is this is what we've got so far. Just chill and wait for the movie. Whereas this feels like it's setting up what the actual themes of the movies are going to be, and it's it's looking dark. Yeah, it's looking like far darker than I thought. I mean, I thought it was going to be dark. Don't get me wrong. No one's expecting this to be the, the Return of the Jedi of the uh, of the new trilogy, but it really. I mean. Even the moments of the trailer that that might be considered uh, exciting, like visually exciting, look dark for the characters we care about. Yeah, everything has a very like somber 
tone to it from from the music to to the way the the uh the dialogue the the voiceover is cut to the images everything's very dour in a way that feels appropriately 2017 yes <laughs> that's an excellent point uh this definitely feels like a star wars movie for the times um what was your initial thought about it so you woke up to it. I, st- I, I, w- I was awake last night watching it, but you woke up. The first thing you did this morning, you opened your eyes, you rubbed them, you, honestly, you know, and then, I, then you put so on the Star Wars trailer. The, the sequence of events was I woke up at 6.45 this morning to make sure I had enough time to A, watch the trailer at least two times before I bought my tickets to the movie when they went up at 7 a.m. Hmm. The first thing I saw on my phone was Multiversity's own Jessica Mitchell tweeting at me like, I cannot wait for Alice's hot takes when she watches this trailer. Which I which I appreciate. See, I didn't I didn't want to wake you up. I almost did the same thing. I didn't want to, I didn't want to in case you had notifications on. I didn't want to wake you up. Oh, there is one hundred percent no way you could have roused me from that. Um, I <laughs> I sleep like a log, but yeah, I as so I I was ready for this trailer to awe me like yourself. I was ready for something special, um, because I'm I much the same as yourself. Uh, Ryan Johnson is. One of my favorite film, modern filmmakers, um, the Brothers Bloom, I think, is his most underrated piece. I love that movie so Agreed. much. But it's just it it completely hit me out of left field. The way we're seeing Star Wars in a light we've never seen before, just the it feels it feels Star Wars. Like there there's no. There's no denying that it does feel Star Wars, but it's Star Wars in a in a style and in a mood that feels wholly unique into itself. This doesn't feel like a retread of Force Awakens. This doesn't feel like a retread of stuff we've seen before, even compared to what we saw in Celebration. This feels brand new and unique in terms of just the, the vision of the movie. I... I have not stopped thinking about this. I, I've been at work all day just thinking about this trailer and what what we're going to say about it. It's it's it blew me away. I will. Uh, I'll also say this. I I feel like everyone from the beginning has always presumed that this was going to be the Empire Strikes Back of the of the new trilogy not obviously it's the second film that's yeah. not what i mean what i mean is sort of the um the film that everybody can sort of unanimously look back at now and say like this is the craftsman's film right yeah like, like this is the one that is the most carefully directed and the most uh you know just jj abrams is wonderful at what jj abrams does but ryan johnson is a different beast altogether after having watched this i definitely still think that's going to be the case but i actually got shades of another star wars film i'm going to save that for our discussion of one particular shot uh which we'll get to very very shortly interesting uh, i cannot wait for that where that's like that's essentially one of the first shots no it is it's the first shot on the trailer so if you're ready to start i oh my god is it the attack of the clones shot yes 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 with anakin (laughs) from behind yep Yes, I, I 100%. I, I'm on board with you there. Okay, I I saw that first shot of Kylo Ren, and I'm like, oh, that's Attack of the Clones. I did not expect the first visual of this trailer to remind me of the worst Star Wars movie, but <laughs> I'm not holding that against it. 
But that's the thing, is that that's maybe my favourite kind of idea presented in Attack of the Clones, is how... That's, I think, in Attack of the Clones, a moment where you realise how isolating being a Jedi is, especially for Anakin, who, like many Skywalkers, feed on empathy, I think is one of their defining traits. And to see him have to, like, mentally block himself off to the point where the blocking of the shot in The Last Jedi, for... Listeners who don't know what we're talking about, it's the scene on Naboo where uh, just before Anakin and Padme, I think, leave for Tatooine, if I'm correctly. It's like the moment so, yes. before they kind of decide to head off to Tatooine to find uh, Anakin's mother after he's having nightmares. And he's like staring with his hands behind his back. I Well, staring, eyes closed, but like facing towards the uh, lake. And there's a pillar blocked so that it's separating Anakin and Padme. And it's this whole romanticized notion of how it's being a jedi is what's separating them emotionally but yeah that's but what's interesting is that i hadn't actually picked on that on that until you mentioned it and as soon as i saw the image i was like oh that's attack of the clones but not only that because i definitely had that in mind but then look at that doesn't that look what he's looking out at doesn't that remind you of the clone facility Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, that that whole shot, that shot is, like, multiple layers of that film. Yeah. Like, both the uh, the clone manufacturer and the, the droid factory on Geonosis. Yep, that, like, exactly. conveyor belt scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And then, but then we cut from there to, a, like, basically line, as far as I can see, of brand new, both brand new and old ATSD models. Or, right. uh... They're, they're, the new walkers have an, a different name, but the kind of gorilla walkers, which is in itself very Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yes. So instantly, the middle films of the trilogies are represented. Yes. And I, I, like, I feel like, it, like Ryan Johnson has to know that legacy <laughs> of the middle films being both the high point and the nadir of the Star Wars saga as a whole so far. Yeah. That's the it, it. It really shook me, because I just felt like one of the things that people and people who who I I think are very astute Star Wars fans minds whatever people said that they were really hoping that this trilogy would touch on some of the stuff from the prequels to help sort of contextualize the prequels better, you know, yeah. and there was a lot, there was a, a feeling of disappointment after the Force Awakens when that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so this, you know, obviously I don't think the story is all that related to the prequels, but I think that the visual here is an interesting uh, sort of, you know, tie into that. So I- I'm glad definitely. I'm not the only person who's, who saw that. Well, I, I, I definitely see it now that you've you've mentioned it. I don't think it quite hit me at first, but now that you've mentioned it, I can't really not see it. Mm-hmm. But what, what I think is really interesting, like visually, is how it cuts from that to these shots of Kylo Ren against just a, the starkest red background I've ever seen. It it looks almost I I don't mean this in a bad way, but it looks almost music video esque. It totally does. Yes, but it, it, it looks it's, like the Foo Fighters uh, one by one. No, what's that, is that song called one by one? Yeah, one by one the video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like uh, just the 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 pure black like reflective surfaces against this like stark red background, 
and then cutting from that to Ray basically in this blue and green paradise is really, really interesting. The this can we? This, what were you gonna say? Uh, I, I have more to talk about with, with the Kylo Ren scene, but but first, finish up what you're saying. Uh, I just like this trailer has so much juxtaposition in it, in terms of how like it the. I'm going to waffle for a second here, but like the importance of editing is how it creates meaning by the juxtaposition of two images. And right. that's all this trailer is, is showing you one image and then showing you a next image. And like yep. your mind just fills in so much space in between. It's yep. a masterwork of editing. But no, what are we going to say about Kylo stuff? Isn't that a different lightsaber that he's picking up? That's not his lightsaber. So I think it is still his lightsaber but i think it's more much more refined than it was before i think he's i don't like, see it. sorry go ahead because like i just because the the one in the force awakens was very like ramshackle and like the the kyber crystal was cracked and it was barely held together but this one looks because the the slot with the silver in it with the red cabling going from it yeah. looks like the old lightsaber. I think what's happening is the cross guard sections are just blending in because it's all black. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe. It definitely looks different though. It, it definitely looks like it's been redesigned. I think a lot of Kylo's whole look has been redesigned. Yeah. Because it's for a new aesthetic. Yeah. A, a much more red aesthetic cuz as far as I know, I think we see Later on in the trailer, pretty much the moment where he destroys the mask against the wall. Yep. Because we saw that kind of cracked and the the image of the cracked mask in the first teaser. This is kind of him breaking, I think, free of... Because the the mask seemed clearly to be, I'm hiding in the shadow of my own grandfather. You know, I'm, I'm taking on this image of Vader to be a monster like him. And this is him evolving past that, I think. Or at least that's what I think it's implying. I agree with that. I do. Um, we're going to have lots more Kylo Ren to talk about. Oh, yes. As it goes on. <laughs> Definitely. But I, I, the trailer cuts from Kylo Ren to Ray and Ray and Luke. This is probably as much as we've seen of Luke outside of the uh, the brief snippets in the teaser. He he actually has, you know, dialogue with, that we see him say on screen. It's yeah, like the most we've seen of Luke Skywalker talking in thirty years. Yeah, wow. This is this you is the most way. we've seen of Luke Skywalker on screen since before I was born. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. When you put it that way. Yeah, right. I, mean, fair, I I I was I was one years I was one when Return of the Jedi came out in eighty three. Oh yeah. So it's not like it's it's not like it was you know I didn't see that in the theater or anything, or anything but you're right mm. this is this is uh wow yeah this is like a big moment and it's really interesting to me that basically his arc in this trailer seems to be not just like Ray kind of pleading to him to to um train her but that he's not ready for that that's what's really interesting to me. Yeah, I I have a lot of thoughts on on the Luke stuff that we see in this trailer. Um, 
we mentioned before misdirect and mm. because it's a trailer obviously they've edited together scenes that even, even if they even if these things happen in a similar sequence there's obviously things missing things added all of that so you know we don't really know what's happening here but i think that yeah. one of the overall themes is just that he's he's recognizing more of kylo ren in or more of ben i guess you know more of ben in ray mm. than than he than he wants to i i think yeah. that is the ghost that's haunting him is just you know that this 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 kylo ren situation and i think that you know what we're seeing could very well all be stuff that happens in the first 35 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then he gets over all of this and then does train her. That That is absolutely an option. But I, but the, the feeling the trailer gives is that she went to him for something and he wants no part of that. Because mm-hmm. I think this was brought up during the, uh, the Entertainment Weekly uh, write-up about The Last Jedi was that mentioned the fact that like they kind of talked about the idea of like never meet your heroes because they'll let you down and kind of following up on this grand quest for Luke Skywalker during the force awakens for, you know, Ray to meet a character she thought was a myth. You know, she wasn't even sure if he was a real person or not and to meet him in the flesh. And he's this broken shell of a human being, I think is really fascinating and a really interesting kind of twist on, like, because it's not as simple as, okay, she goes to Luke, and all of a sudden she's a Jedi Master, you know? For him to have that baggage is really, is a really nice conflict, I think. And it really, it's fascinating where they're going to take Rey's story in that context, and in the context of something we'll get into much later. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm, I, I think the moment where, Luke is his whole thing of like, you know, I've seen this power only once before. It didn't scare me enough then, you know. Like he's beats himself up so much over his perceived failure to train Ben and like keep him to the 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 path of the light side that he he can't take on the responsibility of a new Padawan or a new right. a new apprentice is really a different side of what I was expecting from Luke. It, you know, again, going back to Empire for a second here, the uh, the idea of Luke being the Yoda of this film mm-hmm. is is an easy, lazy, uh, you know, sort of way to look at this. Yeah. But I'll say this. One of my favorite bits of of watching Empire as an adult and knowing, you know, so much of the Star Wars lore and all that is mm-hmm. that the first couple of times that we see Yoda, when we first meet Yoda – you can see, like, he's absolutely giddy. Yeah. He just, he's lonely, and here is somebody, and he's he's happy. And then the more time he spends with Luke, the more he begins to doubt this. And yeah. he's just like, I can't, I can't do this. And it seems like Luke is skipping the giddiness. That Luke is not in hiding because he fears something. He's in hiding because he wants to be. Yeah. There's a very different reason for his isolation than Yoda's isolation. And even, and I like... Think no, keep going. No, no, you please. Well, I was just gonna say, like, not even just like the Yoda analogy, but also if you think of him as like growing up to be his own mentor, to be Obi Wan Kenobi. Like, imagine if we'd met Obi Wan in Episode Four, and Luke goes to him, and Obi Wan goes, "Well, I trained someone in the past. I trained your own father. 
and he basically destroyed the galaxy. I, I'm not ready for that responsibility again. That's the kind of relationship I'm seeing here, right. which is really cool. Yeah. Um, re- I, I just, my daughter and I have started now to watch the Star Wars movies a second time together. Right. So we just watched A, a New Hope the other night again. And uh, watching Alec Guinness is such a joy, especially knowing that he hated being in the movie. Oh, definitely. <laughs> because, like, he's so great in episode four. He's so great. And he's, uh, he's the way he talks about about Anakin is, uh, is like, breathtaking. You know, just a, he's a good pilot and a good friend and all that. It's, just, it, it's so powerful. And, again, we haven't seen this film, but it seems like Luke is not going to have any of the charm of either of his mentors in this. Mm-hmm. You know, on, I, I, I'm sure there's part of Ray that feels like I'm bringing him back his lightsaber. I'm bringing him back. He's going to be so happy to all this. And Luke appears to want nothing to do with that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the idea of like a Jedi master with PTSD, basically is yeah, kind of what yeah. we've got here. Cause we even see like what looks like a genuine flashback which is really interesting because the the shots of what looks like Luke pulling himself out of the destruction of the Jedi temple, which we've seen kind of in Ray's force vision and force awakens and kind of in the last trailer, but the shot of his hand being pulled out of pulling himself out of the rubble. Like it sounds like we're going to see an actual flashback in a star Wars movie, which other than rogue one, we've never seen before. And Rogue One, it was pretty much just like a prologue at the beginning of the movie. Right, right. Like yeah, an actual, is... like, in media res flashback. That's really interesting. Uh, I wonder if, again, that's not a bit of misdirection and that's a scene from this film um, with him pulling himself up. I think you're right. I mean, it certainly, it I certainly have appears genuinely to be a no idea. It, it very yeah, well could be. We, we we have no idea about any of this. We're just we're just winging this uh, as we go along. But I I oh, think you're not. right. I, I I think that it does it does bode to be a a flashback, and that is a really interesting decision to make mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, now let's uh I'm just scrolling down my little cheat sheet here. Um, we get another look of what what might be that that bookshelf. Um, mm-hmm. here, yes, and I am really that is still the part of the trailer that maybe is the most mysterious to me, and I really want to know more about. I am fascinated in what could be because I think in this one we even get like something of a shot of like Ray being in there. Am I right? Like, uh, let me see, possibly, yes. I know okay, in the I'm, last I'm, one, we... Actively, yeah, we, we, like, the basically you see the shot of the book and then a reverse shot on Ray in what looks like the same room. So I think it's Ray that finds this room, which could be anything from, like, a journal of the old Jedi to, to Ben's journal to Luke's journal to... The Journal the of the Wills. Journal, yeah, who, who knows? Like, what could be in this book is is so fascinating to me. Now, in the last trailer, we see, I believe it's Ray's hand touching that book, right? Mm-hmm. See somebody's with, hand touching I think it's Ray's hand touching it. With one of the old, like, era of the Republic Jedi symbols. Right, That yeah. was used during uh, 
for promotional material in Revenge of the Sith and during the Clone Wars that like uh the circle with the wing like it kind of looks like a proto like Rebel Alliance Starbird. Right. Yep, 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 exactly. But with more of a like longer spike in the middle. So it's definitely got something to do with the Jedi, but what I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It's uh it's a fascinating shot though. That might be, you know, that is not something that I think is going to be a huge cornerstone of the film. It's probably a small thing. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, can you remember ever really seeing a book in a Star Wars movie? (laughs) No, like, not not once. And, like, I can't even remember. So one of the novels I read, um, I believe it might have been Bloodlines. Definitely one of the novels I've read has mentioned the fact that, like, paper books are incredibly rare. And one of the only, like, paper and pen books I've seen in any Star Wars canon material is Ben Kenobi's journal from the Marvel Star Wars comic. Like, that's all I can think of. Which has got me thinking, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, like, this could be Ben's journal, or it could be Luke making his own journal like this could be the moment that ray finds out about what happened and looks new to Jedi order right or know. if if you're one of the ray is a kenobi people this is her finding her her grandfather's or father's uh journal yeah that's very possible there's every chance i have like, I could spend, like, every day up until this movie's released thinking about what could be in that. Could have, like, a million different concoctions, and I don't even know if I could head it on the head what it could actually be. <laughs> right, yeah. That's what's so fun about it. That That's why, that's the sort of stuff that I love in in media, where it's just, mm-hmm. it's this it's this wide open canvas, and it could be anything. And as long as you approach it with the right mindset, you won't be disappointed. As long as you're not convinced it is definitely X and it turns out to be Y and then you're sad. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, okay. Um, then we see uh, we see Ray training with the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really enjoy the shot of her like just pausing with the lightsaber next to that giant rock. Yeah. I, I, like It's a really cool moment. And like, just because the way the rock is shaped, like, it's hard to tell if it's naturally like that or if that's training that Luke has gone through with someone before. Right, exactly. You know? Which I feel like is probably intentional. Yeah. I, I get a feeling that every single frame of this movie, every single compositional element is intentional. Oh, very. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's there's not a single frame of this editor, ed, the trailer that hasn't been, like, gone over with millions of editors to make sure it's not exactly what it needs to be. Yeah. Um, Then we see uh, Ray meditating or doing some sort of uh, force exercise and the ground breaks and Luke is freaked out. (laughs) Yes. Like this is, this is the moment I was talking about with Luke's line about like, I've seen like, I think his exact line is I've seen this, raw strength only one before um it didn't scare me enough then it does now 
Yeah. Like the the idea that like he sees the same power in Ray that he saw in Ben, but like his reaction to it is completely the opposite. Is oh, it's got me thinking. Now I had a wild theory. Wild theory that I think I've talked myself out of, but <laughs> we enjoy but we, we enjoy these wild theories. So oh, I'll, yes. I'll, I'm gonna I, lay this I, on you. Please. All right, so we talked about this before. Is it in Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith when they talk about the Force being less powerful than it was before? Attack of the Clones. Uh, there the was clones. a scene yeah. with uh, Mace Windu and Yoda, like dead in the middle of the film. I think right after Obi Wan discovers the clones and reports back to the Jedi Council. And Mace Windu is the one that says, like, I, I think his genuine line is, I think it's time to tell the Senate that our power to use the Force is diminished. And then no one brings yeah. it up again. <laughs> right, right. Well, here's my theory, okay? So now, we know that the Force is this energy and it binds us and it's created by life and all of that, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Do you think there's any chance that the reason that Ray and Ben are so much more powerful in the force is because there's just less force users and so they have a greater field to draw from hmm hmm that's an interesting notion because here's why i was thinking that so like even luke but luke less so than yoda and obi-wan their training would have Yoda and Obi-Wan were trained in an era with lots of force users. And so there are certain things that they would have been trained to do. And then the training would have more or less stopped. Part of that might've been, they reached the apex of what their power could have been. Right. And so then Ben, uh, Ben Kenobi would have been, would have trained Luke up to what he knows, and Yoda will train him up to what he knows. But if there's more on top of that, it's available now because there's not all these other Force users using it, and and Ben Solo and Ray are tuned into the Force enough that they can draw additional, and that's why they're so powerful. I don't think I believe it, but it's an interesting thing to consider. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it is certainly interesting. I, I don't know if that would be something they'd address in text um but it's an interesting like i i think i said i can't speak tonight i certainly think there's something to go on that because you know you've only got such a small pool of force users like to to make the title of the last movie literal the force awoke in ray um, mm-hmm. the Force was dormant. Like, Force users were not a dominant part of the galaxy for going on a couple decades now. Like, the the cosmic force, the the kind of force that's actually manipulated by Force users, was dormant. And I think having Ray be so potentially powerful in the Force, and having that awoken in her is what's caused these ripples. Like, even during the film The Force Awakens, Snoke mentions that he and Kylo have felt that ripple. And by extension, I have to think that Luke did as well. I can't think that he didn't notice that. So, yeah, I think I think there's something to go on there. 
Yeah. It's um I I love talking about the force stuff. It's 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 my favorite part of Star Wars. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um uh I have to say, like, you know, Mark Hamill is not especially outside of Star Wars, I, I don't think he's the most subtle actor that's out there. Not really. Um but it, it appears that he is being very restrained in this film. Mm-hmm. I'm and yeah. I, I'm relieved to see that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, um, I think, like, there was a worry that, you know, he's been away from the character of Luke for a good couple decades now, and yeah. he's spent his time being one of the best voice actors in the industry, um, mm-hmm. and defining the character of the Joker. I, it was It's very interesting to see him go back to a, not just a much more restrained role, but, like, the older, wizened version of what was basically an overly naive farm boy. Yeah. Is really, I'm I'm really interested to see what like full scenes with him play out like. And like, obviously I, I have no doubt in his skills or um, Ryan Johnson's skill as a director of actors, but it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be very weird to see him in character as Luke again for a whole movie. I, I could not agree more. It, it's gonna be, it's gonna be very, very unusual. Mm-hmm. It's been, like you said, it's it's been thirty something years since this happened. So, um, but yeah, but then we get the scene of of Luke climbing out of destroyed Jedi Temple with R two D two. You know, with R two D two, yes. And that is a really interesting. I mean, obviously, we like you said, we saw part of that in the Force Vision. We've seen that. Uh, you know, a bit in the in the trailers before, but I'm wondering if they do if they do a flashback. Do, do we know the time frame of when that was? Um, in relation to the Force Awakens, I want to say about fifteen fifteen years, maybe. Um, do you do you know that, or are you presuming? Let's that? see. I I. I I'm guessing I feel like I have read that, but I'm double checking currently. The reason I'm asking is if they're going to do that scene, they're gonna to need to have another actor playing Kylo Ren. Yeah. And that's interesting to me. Whereas if it was five years before, you probably could have, you know, de aged Adam Driver through a shitty haircut or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was going to say he already has a shitty haircut, but you know what I mean. That is true. <laughs> um, yes. Ba, ba, ba. It's amazing. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, for all of the points that people took off of The Force Awakens for just being a sort of, uh, you know, a New Hope no part two or whatever – we really still have so many questions about the universe of Star Wars. They, mm-hmm. they really, they, there was there was a concerted effort, I think, made to not bog that movie down in who's been where and what's going on, you know? Um, yeah. Over the over the course of it, and in some ways, I love that. In other ways, I feel like we're never going to find out some of this stuff, or we're going to find it out in ancillary media, you know, but it's not going to be addressed on screen. Yeah. So 
trying to piece together a timeline here. Um, the destruction of Luke's uh, Jedi Temple was sometime after the year 28, after the Battle of Yavin. Okay. And before 34, after the Battle of Yavin. So there's like a six-year gap that could have taken place in. Okay. And Ben was born five years after the Battle of Yavin. Or was it after the Battle of... No. It's five years after the Battle of Endor? Yeah, five years after the Battle of Endor. Right? No, he was... He was born one year after the Battle of Endor, so five years after the Battle of Yavin. Okay, okay. So he's about 23, I think. In cur- He's 23. Uh, during The Force Awakens. So it's, it's, I think, between, like, a couple years ago and, like, seven years ago. Okay. That Luke's Jedi Temple was destroyed. Okay. So, like, recently enough that it's still, like, a really painful wound for him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. God, I hate doing math when there's not an actual in-world calendar. Star Wars, please <laughs> sort your shit out. I don't have to, like, work backwards through years trying to decide what age people are. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, within, like, ten... The previous ten years of The Force Awakens... Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's see. So then we get Kylo Ren essentially smashing his mask to pieces, which as you said, you think is him sort of becoming his own person. And I think, I think that, so. that is I, I think that is going to be his arc yeah. throughout this film. Cause that segues into my favorite part of the trailer. Cause it segues into uh, Kylo and his his brand new personal tie silencer, which looks like a souped up version of Vader's tie yep. advanced from a New Hope meets the tie interceptor. It looks yep. sick, and targeting a rebel ship on which Leia's on board, or at least it's edited for us to believe Leia is on board. It's ed- yeah, the way it's edited <laughs> is creating this assumption that. He's firing on the ship. The the voiceover is all about destroying the past, let the past die, kill it if you have to, become who you're supposed to be, and hesitating before he can take that shot. You know, like, the way that's edited is I don't think he's ready to do that yet. As much as he might talk a big game, I don't think he's ready. Like, the way... Cause going back to The Force Awakens, I think the only reason he was able to kill Han to kill his own dad was because Han was there to, like, talk him through it. Yep. Like, there is the moment where, like, they've both got their hands on the lightsabers and the lightsaber, like, turns towards Han and I genuinely believe that's Han pulling the lightsaber towards him. Like, the way I've watched that is always Han, like, basically saying, it's okay like, I know what's about to happen. And I feel like Kylo in the moment of, I could blow up this ship and kill my own mother, but it's so impersonal that he's not ready to take that step. Wait a second. So we have to rewind here. Hold okay. on, Alice. You think that Han was saying, it's okay if you have to kill me? Yes, 100%. 
Really? Yes. How have we not talked about this? That's always the way I've read that scene is like, because the way they explain it is that the the or the way that they 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 talk in that scene, I think Han knows what's going to happen. Like, there's no way he can talk him out of it. So I. Oh yeah. man, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that, Alice. <laughs> I, I like. I'm I, not saying that's 100 percent what happens. I'm just saying that's how I've always watched that scene. No, I know. No, I know. I uh, see. I, I've always watched it as he's pulling the lightsaber towards him, which he's trying to take it from him, because he's trying to, like you know, on, on one hand, I really do believe he is the only thing he cares about in that moment is saving his son. And I think mm-hmm. in his mind, saving his son means getting him out of Snoke's clutches. And I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I like your reading. I don't know if I agree with it, but I I, I certainly like to, to debate it. I'm gonna have to think about this more. Yeah, the 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 one that gets me is now, like I don't you're, have the scene. Make me watch this movie tonight. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, like what? Yeah. Uh. Because if I remember correctly, what Kylo says is, "I know what I have to do, but I need your help." I don't. He says, "He says I, I, know, I know what I have to do, but I don't think I'm strong enough to do it." And Han says, "Like, you you can do it. I'm here. I'll help yeah. you." Yeah, and and like and yeah. Go ahead. I I think it sounds like it's very easy to read that they're like cross talking. That yes. Kylo saying, "I know what I need to do," and it's kill you. And Han thinks, "I yes. know what you need to do," and is let me go. But I also think that Han's going like, "Yeah, like, what if what you need is for me to die?" Like, like the the moment that he sees that his father is willing to give his life for his son in a twisted way is the moment that he redeems himself as a father in his eyes. Interesting. I I like, I I it's not a one hundred percent set in stone thing. Obviously, I mean it doesn't work. It doesn't even work in the moment because like five minutes later he says to Ray, Han Solo's not here. He's not here to save you. Mm-hmm. Like he he's 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 already disassociating himself as Solo's son again. Yeah, I like I think you know so yeah I I we'd have to see but like that's kind of how I been seeing that scene ever since I first watched it. Um, but like I said, like I, I'm not 100% dedicated to that reading. It's just something that's always been... And like having that in the back of my mind, seeing this moment where he hesitates on firing has me thinking about that moment. Like maybe he yeah. did need his help. Well, I, I, I definitely could see that part of it. I also think that maybe, like, so, and this is the perfect time to talk about this. When I first saw The Force Awakens, I really, for a moment there, I thought that he was going to turn Kylo Ren back to, back to the side, the, the light side, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And I had this, like, this all must have happened in, four seconds in my brain right because of how fast that scene plays out but i was like huh so he's not the antagonist of the trilogy oh wait a minute just 
yeah, like this is going to be, oh, this is totally different. This is new. This is oh shit, he just stabbed Han. <laughs> like yeah. you know, you know, it all happened like very quickly. Um, because I really do believe that like what's what separates Kylo Ren from Darth Vader for me is that Darth Vader, you, you when you first see Vader, he's a monster, mm-hmm. and over time you see him become less of a monster in your own eyes, right? You yeah. you begin to understand him. Kylo Ren begins a like a work in progress. He is not a fully formed character yet. We no. see him going through the, the motions to try and become his grandfather. Yeah. And I think a really interesting way to take the character is that he decides to not be his grandfather. Yeah. I yeah. Um and I think he he at this point needs because we don't even know how I guess devoted to the dark side he even is in a weird way because like his whole thing is about like not being seduced by the light but right in the context of I want to make Snoke proud but I had the the way this is being presented and the way there is a certain frustration to Kylo presented in these like trailers and the teaser so far makes me wonder if he's gonna start like rebelling against Snoke and that's where we see the kind of frustrations of him smashing the helmet yeah and being like I'm not gonna be what you made me almost Mm -hmm. which kind of ties into how I'm reading what we're gonna get into in a second right um but yeah it's it's just the whole interesting thing. It also like it, it gave me pause. I I wonder. So th- these are the things I think about, like how much Carrie Fisher's death really threw these movies for a loop. You know, mm-hmm. I firmly believed that she was going to be the only uh, character to have a major role in all three. Only the only yeah. of the original trilogy. I thought that. Han's movie was Force Awakens, Luke's was The Last Jedi, and hers was going to be um, whatever Episode Nine is titled. But yeah. this scene... J.J. Returns. Yes. Return of the J.J. <laughs> Return of the J.J. Uh, this, this scene at least gives the, gives the implication that, well, maybe she's not untouchable here. And mm-hmm. I know they couldn't... When she died... They couldn't be like, it's cool, dudes. She dies in the movie. <laughs> we got well, everything yeah. we needed. Like, they can't say that. And so, um, but this is the first time I've even considered that maybe Leia doesn't make it through this film. If I have to watch Leia Organa die with my own eyes in the cinema, I'm going to ascend to the astral plane and kick <laughs> someone's ass. <laughs> like, isn't I'm it... not ready to experience that. Do you feel like that's worse than watching her than having her just die off screen someplace? Uh no, because that is a very cheap cop out, but I'm just not ready to accept <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Fair Leo enough. being gone as well. Like um, as long as I have this movie and like Leia the character is still alive, I have something to hold on to. Okay, that's fair. One of the things that I uh I, I meant to mention in that podcast I did with Amelia last month was that she initially did not recognize Carrie Fisher as Leia in, right. uh, in the force awakens. And like, it makes total sense. Cause the last <laughs> time she saw Leia was 30 something years beforehand, you know, right. she's this like very young, very 
just presents very differently than she does mm. in The Force Awakens. And I thought like, explained to her that that's Leia. And she's like, oh, okay. And I realized the biggest difference is how much Carrie Fisher is just voice changed yeah. over those films. Um, yeah, just a side note about, about Leia Organa. Um, okay, so let's see what, what comes up after this. Um, uh, the, the cutest porg in the world. Yeah, with Chewbacca's weirdly CG face. Yeah. I don't know. What's yeah, up with that. I, I what I think happens is so I don't know how much of Peter Mayhew we're gonna get in this movie. I think none. I, I, I think they said he's done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he's they they had him come in because for the Force Awakens, I think he only did like sitting down stationary scenes. Yes. At this point, and they've got some basketball player who's super tall. Yeah. To play Chewbacca now. Um, yeah. So I think they've like augmented Chewie with some some CGI. It's I uh, about that. I I, I think n- seeing it more than just half a second in the trailer, hopefully it'll look okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, it was definitely a very strange moment because Chewie, because of the like puppetry in the past movies, has very been very stoic. Right. You know. And seeing that level of emotion has been kind of kind of strange. And I just feel like, uh, you know, maybe also, I'm sure that they've locked in certain aspects of the film, but they're still working on certain parts of it. And I'm sure if they are seeing how much people dislike that, they can try and tweak that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm, so. I'm not entirely sure how much is still, like, to be done, because as far as I know, I think it's pretty much in the can. I, I think that, that some of that CG stuff goes until almost the very end, though. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. But from what I can gather from uh, Ryan Johnson's Twitter, I think he's, like, pretty much got a, as final a cut as can be done at this point. Right, right, yeah, agreed. Um, uh, and then we get to my other favorite part of the trailer, which is the thing I've been waiting for and was wanting to happen in the last movie, which is Finn versus Phasma. Well, you're you're somewhat skipping over. We we see Poe Dameron for five seconds. Well, yeah, Poe Poe Dameron exists and he gets kill new X wing, but uh, it's kind of hard to tell what he's contributing to the movie through this trailer, except for that one super cool like extreme close up of the visor. Yep. Whoa. Which he's gonna. Is going to be my uh my new, uh, <laughs> uh, Twitter banner for a while. Nice, nice. But uh, yeah, he has a super cool line in the trailer. But yeah, Phasma and Finn, it yeah. should have happened on Taco Dan in the last one, instead yeah. of the the traitor guy. Yeah, it, it was it was a, it was a weird moment of like you give Finn a lightsaber, you have this antagonist set up. She's only got two scenes in the movie kind of slot her in there and have their kind of blow fight there. But I, I'm yeah. glad they're addressing it here. Uh, agreed. And it looks like he has some sort of like shock baton that he's, yeah, he's wielding. I, I, I believe it's the same uh, stormtrooper shock baton that the guy, the traitor guy was using in the last movie. Right, yeah. Um, um, because I think he's in... Because we saw at the, I believe it was the San Diego, like, behind-the-scenes footage, a shot of him 
and Rose in a First Order uniform. Yes, and I think yes. this is what he's wearing here. Yes. So I think this is they're infiltrating possibly a Star Destroyer. And I I, yeah. I guess have been caught by yeah. the looks of it. <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. Um I uh I I have so what's the I'm I'm drawing a blank on it. It's the name of the like casino planet that they go to in this film. It's a Corto something. Um, Canto Bite. Canto Bite. And I believe, yeah. Yeah, uh, I believe that part of the infiltration is on. It happens there. Um, that they're you know posing yeah. as as first order there. Do you want to hear my? I, I'm just full of theories today, Alex. You want to hear my my theory on who's going to show up in that scene? Of course. Lando fucking Calrissian. He he has to. Like, oh on, my a god, ca- a casino planet that is like Lando Catnip. You're telling me that guy how, doesn't live there? Come on, th- how do you not do another Star Wars trilogy and not phone Billy D. Williams first? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'd like before Harrison Ford, before Carrie Fisher, <laughs> I'd be like, Hey, Billy D., are you in? Yeah, like, oh, uh, I, I yeah. almost hope it's just like. You know, Finn is is walking through this casino, and you just see this guy like on this chair, surrounded by beautiful people feeding him grapes, and it's Lando, and he winks at the camera. I'm even cool with just that. Like, I just want to see, I just want to see Lando being Lando for yeah. five seconds. You know. Um. But yeah, I uh, I'm just really hoping the fast like the Han Solo movie is going to be great for that. Yes, but, absolutely. Yeah. But no, we need some Billy D. Williams Lando here. We do. Um, now, I really am hoping that this film has a substantial role for Phasma. I think it's going to have to. I think uh, that yeah. the, the backlash against the lack of Phasma last time has shown them they have to give Phasma more to do here. Yeah, because we can't just have another, oh, she's the girl Boba Fett kind of run down right right um although i have to say I, I am a little worried about where we're gonna find time for all this stuff to happen in this film god like, it's gonna yeah like there's a lot that has to happen in this film but what's what's interesting is that like we've seen so much kind of footage so far but across a lot of different like locations and what look like set pieces but like we don't know what the actual plot of the movie is well, at all. I had this conversation with your friend of mine, Mark Tweedale, today on Twitter. And I was saying how I, I feel like these trailers are tonal trailers. Yeah, like of they, They're setting up the tone of the film, but the plot, we have no... I mean, the fact that they kept the plot of The Force Awakens secret until the crawl started mm-hmm. is is kind of crazy. You know, like the, the whole Luke Skywalker is missing thing. Like, we did... We had no idea about that, and I feel like that's what's great about these trailers is that we don't really know the plot. But not only that, I was thinking about this today. We still haven't seen Laura Dern or Benicio del Toro in one of these trailers. Not in the trailers, no. We we saw a small bit of Laura Dern and I think a little bit of Benicio del Toro in the sizzle reel from San Diego, yes. if I remember correctly, but yes. not like their actual characters and any kind of footage. Right. And you know they made a pretty big deal out of those two, well, those two actors coming on board the film yeah. as they should. They're great actors, 
You know, and the fact that we haven't seen... wait to see Laura Darren in Star Wars. Yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be amazing. But, like, you know, but I, I can't believe that we haven't seen any of that. We haven't even seen... What's what's her name? Um, You mentioned her before. Rose, is it? Yeah. We haven't seen her in a trailer. Like, the most we saw of her was that footage, I think, in... In the Sizzle like, Reel. Yeah, the Sizzle Reel was kind of her introduction. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's there's so much going on, and... But even then, is that I think we were saying this before The Force Awakens. You know, I think we had this exact same conversation of, I don't know how they're going to fit all of this in. Uh-huh. And they they did, you know? Yeah. Even included an, in hindsight, really superfluous, uh, oh, I'm, I've lost the name of them. The, the whole Indiana Jones reference on Han's chip with the big alien balls. Oh, the Rathars? The Rathars. The, yeah. My least favorite part of that movie. It's it's pretty up, pretty high up there for me as well. Um, like, yeah. My fear of all of this. See, I, I guess my two fears about sort of what we're talking about now is that we're either going to get a lot of... We're, we're either going to get too little Luke and Rey... Or we're gonna get too little of everything else as we're getting too much Luke and Ray. I mm-hmm. think that's that's the real struggle of the film because everybody wants more Luke. I mean, we we got Luke for less than a minute in the Force yeah. Awakens, so we want more Luke. But now we also ha- are invested in Poe and Ray and um and Finn and you know and I love new characters popping up. I want all of this. This movie needs to be four hours long. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And it won't be, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, obviously, we're just going to, like, harass Disney for a, like, Batman vs. Superman-style Ultimate Edition that yep. is all four hours of footage that they fought. Yep. And it'll be just as good. <laughs> so, uh, from this kind of vignette of the trailer that looks like a... Because it looks like a whole resistance attack on a Star Destroyer. Because there's, there's this single shot of BB-8 in this entire trailer. Yep. Which is astonishing to me for how much BB-8 was marketed for The Force Awakens. Yep. That we get one shot of BB-8 in this whole trailer. Um, There is a small shot of Luke in the rain kind of lying down. The the That planet in the rain looks almost exactly like the, uh, the rain planet in Rogue One. That they yes. go to like to find uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Yep, which is really funny to me. I, I have a comment about this this scene here. So okay. this is this is when Luke says, "This is not going to go the way you think," which I love that line. I feel like that yep. is that is such an amazing thing to put in this trailer. That is not at all what we think it is. Um, oh yeah, but I think that this is him talking to to Ben to Kylo Ren, not talking to Ren. Right. Interesting. I see this as Kylo Ren is coming after him, and he's he's explaining to Luke what's going to happen, and Luke's just saying this isn't going to work. But we're supposed to think it's right. I really think he's he's prone on the ground. Yeah. I think this is him him speaking to to his his nephew. Mm. Or even like if the the footage is from like a scene with Ray, the dialogue is possibly taken from a scene with Ben. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I yeah that that sounds about right to me. And but. then so 
the we get Pokemon. The, yeah, the or the 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 dogs from uh, Princess Mononoke. Yeah, which yeah. was what I thought of. Um, but this is the other scene that really calls back to the second part of the trilogy. Yep. Because do you know what this scene reminds me of? Empire. I mean. Yeah. Closing yeah. the hangar doors on Echo Base. Exactly. I had the exact same thought. Yep, exactly. Like one hundred percent. Yep. Which is like the coolest shit in the world. Yep. Um, yeah. and we even see Leia like, like looking other, at the, other looking at the door. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the like we we mentioned a uh, Canto Bite. This is the other other planet of Crate that they've mentioned. Uh, that the Resistance like retires to i guess and i believe this is where we see or we meet laura dern's character possibly possibly is yeah. uh she's she's said to have had ties to the old rebel alliance which is apparently what this base is from what i from what i've could tell from reading up extensively about this movie mm-hmm um yeah. but yeah just just like because i didn't quite cotton on to the the attack of the clones reference that you mentioned earlier right away but this one i got immediately yeah yeah it totally reminded me of that scene in hoth of them closing the doors mm-hmm. um and the, the way even just like the way that leia is looking in the seat it cuts right after this to leia like looking out and it looks like she's watching them close the doors the way she watched them close the doors on hoth yeah yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then I believe after this, because this is one of the reasons why I think uh, that footage of Luke on the ground in the rain is with the, the with Ray, because there's a small snippet of her underwater and coming out yep. of the water to the rain, facing Luke and what looks like the same kind of outfit, which is a pretty like dark outfit for Luke to be wearing. Yeah. Which is which is what really interests me because it feels very dark empire ish. Yep. Not not to bring up the the one of the most reviled pieces of uh, EU <laughs> fiction with the clone of the emperor, um, but yeah, that's that's what that outfit reminds me of. I, I, um, I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I'm wondering if that uh, the dialogue that the this is not. Ha- how you think this is going to go has been sliced onto different footage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a couple more shots of just explosions, first order stuff. Our first look at Snoke in person. Yep. As far as we know, I should yes. say. Um, <laughs> who's looking not the best <laughs> he, he said better days could do with some anti-wrinkle cream is all yeah. i'm gonna say yeah um which is very very emperor well that's you what know? i was gonna say is that but we know that the emperor got his his bad look by being like by having a traumatic thing happen to him i wonder if snoke is the same yeah um even though i i still like the idea that um it was just the power of the dark side just destroying the Palpatine's like mortal form. Yep. Like continually, like using dark side powers just eats away at whatever you are. Um, over being zapped a lot, but 
whatever. It's a whole other movie. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> but what's interesting to me is it's not just our first shot of Luke Snoke in person, as far as I know, but the next shot is her basically apparently torturing Ray. Yeah, because it looks like that person in the background, when Ray is bent over in the foreground, is wearing the same thing that Snoke is wearing. Yeah, in the, in with the, the same kind of like red paneled background that yep. we like. This could even be his throne room that we saw earlier in the trailer that uh, Kylo was in with the red paneled background. Yes, yes, I, I presume it is the same room. Um, because we kind of see the uh, what look like the I, I I believe they're called Praetorian guards. They're yep. like the updated version of the Emperor's Imperial guard or royal guards. Yep, and the all red, and we kind of saw those in the background of the shot with Kylo's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this looks like it's the same, potentially Snoke's throne room, wherever that may be. Right. Um, but yeah, he also looks to be because she's kind of like for being bent backwards and screaming, she's also kind of locked in place. Yes, which feels like the same kind of like freezing power that uh Kylo Ren was using in Force Awakens. Yes, yes, very much so. So uh oh god, I'm so interested to know A what's going on here and B what happened from her training with Luke to this moment. Yeah. Like I feel like it was the, the there was an intention in showing you her not on the island. And not just on, not on the island, but interacting with Snoke. And for us to be like, wait, what happened in between there? Do you want to hear my theory? Yes, 100%. I want to hear this theory. You know I'm bringing in all the theories today. Um, yes. Is that Kylo Ren goes to Act 2 and takes her. Yeah. And, 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 that, and, and when... When Luke says this is not going to go the way you think it's going to go, whatever he says, like that is him saying to Kylo Ren, like you're going to take her to Snoke, and he's not going to turn her; she's going to win. Interesting. I, yeah, I, I can see that. One of the things that I think I've personally been struggling with with all this is that, like, I, you know, I love Luke's hopefulness throughout the Star Wars trilogy, mm-hmm. and he's just so devoid of hope in everything we've seen so far. And yeah. I can't imagine that that's how he is all the time now. We know why he is this way, but I can't mm-hmm. imagine the, there's not part of him that still has that hopefulness. And I feel like that is that line is essentially him saying, you can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I should become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Yeah, I I, I really hope that the, the kind of thoroughness we see in Luke is something that is like changed by his interactions with Ray. Yes. You know? Like yes. his training of her is what brings him back to the look we know. At least I hope so. But also we have those last two shots of the trailer. Yes, which we're gonna talk about. <laughs> which uh have you got another hour to talk about this? Because <laughs> holy shit, I've got some Oh, this this is the more than anything else in this trailer, this is what I was not expecting to happen Agreed. at all. Agreed. I have no concept of... So this is another part of the trailer for 
those listening who haven't seen the trailer a million times and don't have it right in front of them, this is the very last moment where Ray is basically pleading someone off camera, I need someone to show me what's where my place in this is. Like, I, I need to know where I am. And instead of cutting to Luke or Leia or a character you would expect to be on the other side of the conversation, the trailer cuts to Kylo Ren. And then, and then cuts to out. his... He puts his hand out, and then it just cuts to black. Because, of course, it does. Because Lucasfilm wants me to suffer for the next, like, two months. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, 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 like... I. This is a moment in the trailer where I had that... Remember in A New Hope, uh, Darth Vader's like, what when Han fires into the trench? Yep. That That's the exact sound clip that played in my head at that moment. <laughs> I was like, what's, what's going on here? All right. So there, I, I have, I have changed my mind about this like 60 different times. Oh, so, same. Uh, one of the thoughts I had, my initial thought was like, okay, they're throwing everything away and they're starting new, mm-hmm. but that's not really the star Wars message. Yeah. The Star Wars, is, it, that 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 doesn't feel like a Star Wars. It doesn't feel like they would come this far to be like everything you you know about good and evil is not true. Like one one of the things I think that is so pure about the original trilogy is this idea of the dark side is is incredibly powerful, but it really does like it really does distill evil down to something palpable, right? Mm. And so I I can't imagine them totally throwing away. And I know that, that some of the um some of the non film material has 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 presented the dark side differently than that. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm aware of that. Um but Yeah, because one one of the things I love about George Lucas's vision of Star Wars and how he presents a very like black and white morality mm-hmm. is the way he's explained the dark side and the light side isn't purely like good and evil. It's selflessness and selfishness. Right. Like the dark side isn't being evil because you're mustache twirling vision or villain. It's you're making selfish selfish decisions and you don't and that, care who that hurts. Right, and that leads you to become evil. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what Anakin's downfall was. You know, right. his selfish decision was, "I want my wife not to die." You know, like instead of being selfless, and the Jedi way was to not be holding to one person in the way that you would sacrifice an entire order over one person mm-hmm. like his self decision was ultimately his downfall yes yes and his selfless decision was sacrificing himself to the hands of the emperor to save his own son right hence yeah. redemption yes so 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 yeah. part of me feels like that this is ray uh, pulling a rope a dope here, and she's trying to get into Kylo's good graces. Mm-hmm. And so, but that's that's the cynical part of me. I really do think that these two have far more in common than they than they realize, or that we realize yeah. rather. And um, I don't know if this is a heel turn or a face turn or a WrestleMania thirteen double turn. I don't know what's going on here, but if it's a double turn, if they pull a brett austin double turn uh-huh. i will lose my mind 
in a good I, way I or a bad way. I don't even know. I this is the kind of thing where I'd like need to like percolate on this for multiple years <laughs> before I would know how to form an opinion. Because like it's one of the things that's really fascinating me. Um, and I mentioned it on Twitter, and I don't even know if I stand behind this initial reading of this scene at this point, but I'm fascinated by the idea of taking these two characters who, in this trailer, are presented as they're basically two sides of, like, the coin. You know, they're they're the hero and the villain, as far as we know, who have been used in some way, or, like, Kylo Ren has been used and manipulated by Snoke, and Rey has been, as far as we can kind of tell, in some way discarded by Luke because he's afraid of her power. Mm-hmm. And presenting an idea where they turn against the dogmas of the past to build something new is really fascinating to me. But also, I don't even know if that's what I want to happen. Right. It's... Oh, man. It's a crazy It, it feels like the kind of thing where they've put this in here intentionally. We have no idea the context outside of this scene or where it's going to go or even if he puts out his hand and Ray immediately goes like, wait, no, I wasn't. No, shut up. Right. That's not what I meant. Or if she joins him or what's happened up to then this could be the very final shot of the movie i don't know i someone at lucasfilm has put this in there so that we're doing this on a podcast exactly yeah and that's how we know that they know their audience too much (laughs) yes it's totally unexpected i mean although on one hand i mean at the end of the force awakens kylo ren says like let me show you the ways of the force like kylo ren is 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 angling for this way early mm-hmm. um like yeah. i i think it does have some kind of foreshadowing in that um he clearly is ready to take her on and i think use help basically use her to turn against snoke i think he's in the same kind of position where vader and palpatine were where like yeah but vader will to palpatine's knowledge serve him but is always looking for some kind of out Right, and I, I like, I think this is kind of that ploy, but also like everything is on fire behind them. Is yep. it possible that this is the scene of the burning down building that Luke climbs out of, and yeah. that's not a flashback at all, and this is where it happens. And this is the moment where Ray's going, well, Luke disappointed me and won't show me the ways of the light side. I guess I will go with you to Snoke. Wow. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Because I have no idea when this could take place in the film, but like, like there's generally like fire raining down around them. Because, like, that scene with Luke crawling out of the burning building might not even be a flashback. Right. And this could be the moment where, you know, Kylo Ren attacks, like you said, and, you know, this isn't going to go the way you think it is. I know, because I'm going to leave you and go to Snoke and see what happens. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm baffled by this scene in the best way. I've oh, I've never been so awe-inspiringly excited for a movie than after watching this trailer. And I feel now, like I could talk for like another two hours about it. Yeah, I did have one like really nitpicky question about okay. this trailer, and it really it's it really it's really a question about the second Force Awakens trailer. Okay. Do you think we're ever going to hear Luke give that speech he gives in that trailer? the The same speech he gives at the in in Jedi that the Force is strong in my family. I have it. My sister has it. You have that power as well. Are we ever going to hear him say that? I don't think we think are. So I think they'd used that because, as far as I know, that was the same audio clip from Return of the Jedi. I don't think but so. The, is it? No. the The way I see, I saw Mark Hamill in an interview talk about it. Like what they'd brought him in to record was like the echoes and the extra, and you have that power too. I okay. think they did that for the trailer. Okay. Um. I'd have to like hunt down whatever interview he had that explained right. that. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think I think that was done specifically for the trailer. Um, but did you f- I I I don't actually know. Because, A lot of because, this is speculation. Right. Well, of course, because part of the reason I bring that up is this: I feel like there is so much about the Star Wars trilogy that we look at it now as foreshadowing, but was like the opposite was like Lucas taking something that worked and retrofitting a future story to fit that. Right. You know, like he, he openly says like he had no idea that Vader was Luke's father in yeah. when they're filming a new hope. And he didn't know about the, the being siblings and all that, like, all that is retrofitted to fit the story. And I feel like, so much of this movie is all about Ray's power, but I wonder if, and I wonder how much I wonder how much this trilogy is needed to be retrofitted versus better planned out. And I think that Phasma having a bigger role is is quite possibly due to people being mad about her having a small role. Yeah, you know, so I I I, I, I wouldn't doubt that. So I'm just, I'm interested to see sort of how. How much retrofitting has to happen here? How much retconning mm-hmm. will happen? Well, I, I certainly hope it's not a we promise Ray isn't a Mary Sue, you guys, kind of reaction. Yeah. I hope that's not the crowd they're listening to. Agreed. Max Landis will fuck himself. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I wasn't going to name names, but... Oh, I'll, I'll name yeah. names, but I, I, I have no problem doing that. Uh, but yeah, the... Uh, I mean, I, I look... The point of a trailer is to get you excited for the movie. Yeah. And nothing in this trailer gave me any pause about this film. It just made me oh, yeah. more excited for it. Like, I was, I was like, they could have just said, hey, tickets are out. I would have bought them anyway. Of course. You know, like, they didn't even have to drop a trailer. But dropping this trailer, which is the most mind-bafflingly intense trailer and just the weirdest construction of like here's a bunch of images with zero context fill in the blanks with whatever you have just 
let your imagination run wild. We'll see you in December. I'm, I've never been more excited for a movie than what three years ago. That like right around this time, 2015, before The Force Awakens came out. Yeah. See, and and if you if you remember, like the the trailer that was released during Monday Night Football for The Force Awakens was the it's true all of it the dark side the light it's real that yeah. trailer and that oh you mean the one where uh they revealed that han solo was the believer in luke all along and i cried for like a week yeah yeah i was gonna say the one that my wife makes fun of me for crying and rewinding and watching instantly again when it happened yeah that trailer yeah um the moment where i let out an audible ball at the idea of han solo becoming basically obi-wan for a new generation yeah i know that trailer yeah, yeah exactly and like that trailer elicited similar feelings in me because the one <laughs> thing i never thought that han would be would be the believer yeah and for that idea like shook me to my core you know um and i feel like this ending is another thing where like holy shit, are they showing us what we think they're showing us right now? Because yeah. if so, you know, damn. Because it's such a well-timed reveal because the, the trailer's cut incredibly fast. Yes. There's a lot going on in this, like, in two minutes two minute, and change. 35 minute, 35 second trailer, yeah. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot going on. Um, So you get, like, less than a second to register what Ray's said. And the kind of context before it cuts to Kylo, before it cuts his hand, before it just leaves you on black, that you just, it's like a punch to the gut of an ending of a trailer that I just, it's, <sighs> yeah, I, I've like, I'm at a loss of words for how excited I am for Star Wars. I mean, part of it is the source material, but. Why every oh, yeah. single film in America isn't in the world rather isn't uh hiring the the editorial team to cut their trailers for them is crazy. Oh, I have no idea because like the the Star Wars trailers have been some of the best trailers and giving you a sense of the tone of the film without giving away the plot. Right, exactly. Which is what every other trailer studio needs to learn because I swear to God, I feel like I like. It obviously happened with a uh, Batman v Superman. Like right. everyone, one hundred percent knew Doomsday was at the end of the movie by trailer three. Yep. You know, I feel like I know the plot of Justice League already, just by the trailers. Yeah. Like, someone learn how to cut a trailer again. Learn from these. Yeah. Whew. Oh. I, I am. I'm very excited. Yeah, like that's kind of like. For all of that, like, error and change kind of breakdown of a two-minute trailer, all we have <laughs> is what we started with, was we were excited for The Last Jedi. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Uh, did I tell you about... This is, this is a, a minor thing that I, I picked up while watching The Force Awakens with Amelia. How much foreshadowing is in that movie about this movie? Like... In the opening crawl, they call Luke Skywalker the last Jedi. Yeah. And like I, nobody... I, I, I believe Ryan Johnson has came out and said, like, yeah, that's where I got it from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I think one of his interviews was just like, yeah, no, it's the last Jedi's look because it was in the opening crawl of The Force Awakens. That's where I got the idea. Yeah. Uh, 
But the other thing which I which I didn't pick up on, which is which is kind of brilliant, is uh the first line that it's not it's not Conja Club. What's the other group in that Raftar scene? Um You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, the only Glaswegian in space. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the first um, thing he says is Han Solo, you're a dead man. Yeah. And that's, you know, foreshadowing as well. It's uh yeah, there's Whoa. a lot of that. You're that dead man. Uh, the Guavian Death Gang. The yeah, Guavian Death Gang. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I love that character so much. <laughs> and he survives. Maybe maybe we'll see him in this movie because he he call he says tell the First Order that uh, that the ship they're looking for is in the possession of the Millennium Falcon is in the possession of Han Solo or whatever he says. So. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. They drive them. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um. So. I don't, like. I just love the idea that there is a Scottish person in Star Wars. I will never be over it. Well, hopefully, there's more than one. Hopefully, but just someone showing up in the middle of the Force Awakens with a Paisley accent was my favorite moment of that entire movie. <laughs> over everything else was my reaction in the cinema of just like, wait, what? He's Paisley. <laughs> It's always nice to have representation on screen. And, oh, honestly, because, uh, like, you know, everyone's either super posh British or, like, vaguely, like, kind of uh, TV radio voice, like, American. American, yeah. Where just, like, you're a deep man. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. So the the last thing I want to ask you before we we wrap this up, I guess, is yes. just um, I want to talk for a second about where you think this movie will will lead us will leave us off. Like what, what I think one of the most interesting things about the Force Awakens is that nobody like. Nobody expected Luke to be such a small part of it, right? Everybody expected Luke mm-hmm. to be more of a part of it. And so it left us off in this position of like, oh, well, okay. So the first movie was about Rey and the Force Awakening and et cetera. The second movie is going to be about Luke. Where do you think this movie is going to leave us off? Because I, I have a very specific answer. Um, God, I have no idea. Um, What I'm... What I'm kind of half expecting is some form of um newly armed like i think the the story of the resistance throughout this movie will be them arming against a proper war against the first order mm-hmm. um i think the you know we what we haven't seen so far and like this era is a proper clash with between the resistance and the first order like the battle of starkiller base was basically like a airstrike right like there wasn't like I think what we've kind of seen in terms of not just the like air skimmers versus the walkers on crate, but also the air battles with our space battles with the the resistance bombers as like proper full scale warfare. I think what we leave on is basically kind of what we left Empire on a little bit going into Return of the Jedi, which is like this is the head of this war. You know, like, both sides are finally kind of equal in power, more or less. Um, I I think we'll see the Resistance kind of on the attack. 
but in terms of where you know the main cast where especially these force user characters like Ray, Kylo, Luke and Snoke are gonna be left off I I got I, I ain't got shit I've got nothing See, I, I'm with you there my one very very strong feeling about this is that it's going to end with Poe in the position of power for for the third movie. Yes, 100%. I really think I really think that that you you see. I mean, Poe is not really what what is he in the Force Awakens? Twenty minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he was supposed to die, right? Like, exactly. From all accounts, he died on the crash to Jakku, and then someone went, "Hey, wait a minute, we've got Oscar Isaac in this movie. Why are we killing him off?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, um, who's dumb idea was this and i think this movie is going to be him essentially you know there's a lot of him and leia stuff in this movie yeah i feel like this the movie's gonna end it's gonna leave off with poe as the as the as the focal point of the third movie or as at least Mm -hmm. much more of the focal point of the third movie at least in terms of like the resistance stuff yeah oh i I think with everything i i I think that much like return of the jedi where everything coalesces on Endor, I feel like all the characters will be in the same place in the third movie. Well, yeah. So we'll see. Well, this we was see. fun, Alice. This was fun. If only we could do this, like, every month. Can we not just drop a trailer every month until, uh... Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, now, have, they officially pushed back the Han Solo movie, right? Uh... As far as I know, potentially. Because what I was going to say was, if it was coming out in May, we'd probably be getting a Han Solo trailer in front of uh, Last Jedi. But I God, believe it was pushed to December. Some accounts, that movie's still being reshot. Yeah, I... Like, there is a really, like, pretty damning... Uh, oh, Mashable, I think, uh, article that's like watch Ron Howard still doing shooting this movie seven weeks after it was supposed to wrap reshoots. Like, that movie I, doesn't have a title yet. I know. <laughs> and I mean, as fair, far the... as I know, it is still slated for May 25, 2018. It can't be. They have to push that. I mean, they, they it's already... Like, it's going to get pushed, but they haven't announced it yet. They already pushed episode nine back six months, and that's two years away. They, they, they've not announced an, another push, but I think we're going to, at some point, like January, it's going to be, here's a title, here's a trailer, by the way, December 2018. Yeah. They really want to get back to May openings. They really want to. Oh, yeah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, because when you start off in December openings, you stay in December openings. Yeah. Um, And also, like, December's way not way less crowded than a May opening. Like yep. I get why they want a May opening, but also the Force Awakens came out on my birthday, so stay on the December opening. <laughs> no, it's the but... one thing I have to look forward to in December. <laughs> I'll also say this. I feel like the box office didn't hurt with it opening in December. So no. deal with it. Because I mean, what else are you gonna do? Spend time with family? No. <laughs> You're going to sneak out and you're going to see The Last Jedi one more time. Let me tell you, I saw The Force Awakens four times in theaters, I think. And I already have, like, on the books three plans to see The Last Jedi. (laughs) 
so I, I have two so far, but I, I have no doubt that I'm going to get even more. I saw Rogue One, I think, three times in as many days. Wow, okay. When it came out, including a midnight showing, because, yeah. See, I, I, I'm going to go with my friend Ken. He is my movie my movie buddy, my best friend of over 20 years. We're going to go <laughs> see this opening night. Then I'm going to take my daughter to see it. As As long as it's not like crushingly depressing and sad and scary i'm gonna take yeah, my daughter what, to see it so that's one of the things that i've been thinking about with this trailer is especially like what amelia is going to be like because like there is a little bit of kind of humor in terms of like the porg yeah. in the trailer but that's about it this is a pretty dour trailer well I, did i tell you what her reaction to, to darth vader being luke's father was oh i don't think so i don't think we talked about the episode it was my favorite she 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 totally didn't get it in the way I thought she was going to. You're you're gonna love it though. I think maybe you're okay. Gonna. I loved it as a father. I loved it when he said it. She looked at me and she had this shocked look on her face, and then she started to smile and she was jumping up and down. And I was like, Amelia, why are you so happy? She goes, He has a dad. They can love each other. <laughs> And like <laughs> it was so sweet and wonderful, but also like That's you're missing amazing. the point. You're missing the point, kid. You know, it's, you're, it's you're kind of not getting the emotion behind it, but it's amazing. But like it's amazing. But so I feel like you know, and when when Han Solo died, like she she definitely thought it was sad, but she also thought that he was going to be a Force ghost then. Okay. Because she's five, you know, and then, yeah. like, you know, I, and I also go... dead people come back and they're blue in Star Wars. Right, exactly. It's what happens. And so, you know, so I don't know how to deal with the darker stuff. So we'll see. So I'm going to see it once with Ken, once with Amelia. I always mm-hmm. go by myself to see these movies the yeah. one time just so I'm not distracted by anything else. And then I will probably, uh, my brother will be home for a few weeks for Christmas. I'll probably go with him as well. So that's at least four. <laughs> we'll see. Because I know I def- I have booked the the IMAX double bill of Force Awakens and the Last Jedi of uh, midnight the thirteenth. Okay. Um, or like thir- like nine o'clock the thirteenth to go into like midnight turning into the fourteenth. Right, right. Um, with my girlfriend. And I presume and your then... girlfriend is going with you to that, right? Yeah, that like solo- I, okay. I, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you no, doing this I, by I yourself. Told- I literally told her on Sunday it was just like, by the way, tickets go up Tuesday morning. We're going to see it at midnight. Uh-huh. Like wasn't much of a question, but okay. uh, I, we went to celebration for each with each other. Like she likes Star Wars, cool. Um, and yeah, I'm going to see with my dad on the Sunday, which is going to be no the Saturday, which is going to be the day before my birthday. Okay, is and your then, dad a big Star Wars person? My dad is the reason I like Star Wars. My oh, dad awesome. is who showed me Star Wars. The because uh, he had the. Are like as close to the theatrical cuts on yeah the the, the THX remasters yeah on VHS which uh-huh. is how I first saw them so I've I've seen like every Star Wars movie with him in theaters that's cool including that's the, including the Clone Wars movie wow oh you guys like, are completionists we were the, it's nice we're the only two people in that theater that were over the age of like eight. <laughs> That's great, though. That's really cool. It was it was amazing. So uh, we're going to see that. And both of us are going to cry. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. 
But yeah, I I think that's an episode. I, I, I think it's more than an episode, yeah. So, wrapping things up. It's been a while. I forgot how to do this. Cool. So, tell the people where they can find you on the internets. Uh, always at multiversitycomics.com, where Alice and I are two of the three editors, and we are constantly putting up lots and lots of stuff. You can find me Wednesday uh, afternoon, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, running about the Clone Wars. I'm about to wrap up the first season of that. And I'm on Twitter, at Brian is an app. And I am, like Brian said, at uh, Multiversity Comics. Every month I do Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away, where I annotate Marvel's Star Wars comics. Uh, this month, it's a little bit late, but it's coming. We're going to be looking at the brand new Captain Phasma comics, as well as everything else kind of just continuing, which is uh, that new Darth Vader comic, by the way. Woof. I need to talk to someone about that because that's a good comic. I haven't read it yet. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. It's, it's a good one. I re- I'm really enjoying it. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Alice W. Castle. So, yeah. May the force be with you. <laughs>